Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. Celebrating the amazing people of coastal Mississippi and across this great state who are working hard to make this a great place to live, work, and play. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome to the new Ricky Matthews Show, no longer referred to as Coast View. Uh, This is where we celebrate coastal Mississippi and Mississippi, for that matter, and the people who are working so hard to make this such a great place to live, work, and play. Uh, you know, regular listeners of Coast View sort of know what Coast View stands for. VUE is sort of a French term for the visual perception of a region, and Coast View sort of fit perfectly, as far as I was concerned, for for a lot of time. But people tended to talk about being on Ricky's show or Ricky Matthews' show, and there was a little confusion about what view meant. And and after over 800 conversations, still, as new people come to the conversation – they 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 may be a bit confused about Coast View. Is this what what's the difference between that and Ricky's show and so on? We decided after months of of internal conversation that we would just drop Coast View and call it the Ricky Matthews Show. So this is actually the very first uh, show under the new name. And uh, I appreciate you listening here on one hundred three point one or on Facebook or YouTube or your favorite podcast. We really appreciate it. It only seems fitting to me, actually, to think about, you know, why I came to do this show after after being in retirement. Still consider myself retired. I do this show from my house. I love connecting. The one thing that I miss most about being a publisher is uh, connecting with the community. It only seems fitting that I would have for the first Ricky Matthews show someone who I worked with at the Sun-Herald and someone I have admired for so many years, uh, we'll tell you more about about this guy here shortly. But before we go any further, let me let me uh, invite my friend Tim Isbell, uh, one of the one of the most uh, awarded uh, f- photographers in the state of Mississippi, uh, to the Ricky Matthews Show. How you how you doing, my friend? Doing good. How about you, Ricky? I'm doing good. Hey, listen, I've been looking forward, as you know, I've been trying to to set up a time to to visit with you. And in the second segment, we'll actually show some of the photos for the YouTube and, and Facebook audience. And for the radio audience, we'll describe what the photo is. But what's more important is the story behind the photo. And we want to talk a little bit about that as we as we delve into it. But 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 Tim, to to be reminded, of course, we, you know, we worked together at Sun Herald over all those years. We went through so many trials and tribulations together. Um, it's just incredible how much time has flown by. But for more than 40 years, you've been a professional uh, photographer. And, you know, people will know you from the Sun-Herald, but your contributions to other media entities, you're, 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 you do a lot of freelancing these days. You're, you've written numerous books um, uh, centered around photography. Uh, you're, you're, you've been awarded just about every possible photographic award you can get. Um, I should have spent. I should have uh, decided to just do a full show with Tim Isbell uh, instead of just two segments here. But but it's a pleasure to have you on the show to to tell your story to some extent. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's good. Hey, listen. When you reflect back at your time at the Sun Herald, does it does it hit you how fast and how much time has flown by? 
how fast it went. Yeah, and and I think my time t t uh, was 32 years at the Sun Herald, and it just seems like it flew by. I mean, I mean, I started out. God, I was in my 20s when Vernon Matthews hired me, and and uh, you know it. I've always told everybody that you know I worked at four different papers, and Sun Herald was the perfect newspaper for me. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was the, that for me as well. Twenty seven years for me. That name Vernon Matthews. Of course, he was there long before I came there as an intern back in the early 80s. And for most of my career, people ask me, uh, "Am I Vernon's son?" People wanted to always know if I was related to Vernon. But uh, but again, man, all these incredible names over all these years. Sun Herald, though, I would say prior to Hurricane Katrina, Sun Herald played so many important roles in the community to bring this region together. You saw so many pinnacle moments along the way, but but none more so than what you and I were able to observe and what participate in in the wake of Hurricane Katrina. What an amazing moment that was to be reminded about the role a newspaper can play in a community. Exactly. I mean, what I really experienced during that time was we almost had to be like psychologists to to a point because a lot of times when you're covering a news event, you go, you get the picture, you get the story, and you head back to the paper to get it out. And people wanted to talk to us. They wanted to share their experiences. And we learned really the first day after Katrina that we needed to stay there and we needed to talk because it was basically good therapy for people to, to sort of get it off their chest and, and talk. And it was important that, you know, we, we were there for more reasons than just getting the story. We were. We were. You know, I, I used to say this a lot, that, that newspapers had a vital role in society to help keep democracy viable. I said that in speeches. I believed it to, the, to my core. But it was after Hurricane Katrina that I really understood, maybe even to a deeper extent, the the role that the newspaper played in getting sort of the, the, the situation out there so people could come to grips with it, uh, going to these meetings and sharing what's happening in these meetings as the whole collection of coast communities that make up coast of Mississippi were really struggling with how are we going to deal with all the changes that, that were wrought upon us by Hurricane Katrina. And the role that the newspaper played is so this harbinger of all this information and all these important democratic, I mean, I, I say democracy in action and the role the newspaper played in that. It was it was something to behold, wasn't it? It was. I mean, to me, that's that's what journalism is. I mean, it, it we had a job to do and I think we did it great. And and, uh, you know, it, we were blessed to have people come down and help us. With, with Knight Ritter at the time, and, uh, you know, but I knew the Sun Herald bunch could do it. <laughs> <clears throat> there was there was no doubt. Hey, listen, <clears throat> the, the support we were given by a parent company, Knight Ritter, <clears throat> was really incredible. I mean, yeah, yeah go ahead. I, I, I hope we never see another storm like that, but I just don't know if a parent company like that could come down and do what Knight Ritter did. And, yeah. you know, most journalists, when there's a big story like that, they don't want to go home. They want to keep covering it. And I, I know after a certain point, you know, since we did have Knight Ritter down helping us, that 
we were told to go home and and we had to recharge i know when the hattiesburg had the tornado a few years back and i knew a lot of the young photographers up there i said the first week's a sprint but after that it's a marathon and you had to change how you cover the news because you'll wear yourself out if you're constantly in sprint mode and and i said i'm i'll be covering katrina to an extent for the rest of my life so I'm just not in sprint mode anymore. I'm in marathon and being semi-retired marathon now that I still have see stories or, I, or I'll come up with an idea that could say this is a little Katrina related. <laughs> yeah, I talked I talked about it the other day that in my mind for people like you and me and many more like us, world sort of sets up as a pre-Katrina world and a post-Katrina world. And the way you talked about the sprint that the employees of the Sun-Herald had to sort of weather in those days immediately following the storm. But then you're right. I mean, there was a point where we began to collapse and reinforcements were necessary. Um, You know, from the press room to circulation, advertising to journalists and photographers coming in from all over the country, I have relationships with so many of them even today. I know you do, too. We got to know so many incredible people. Uh, At one point, uh, Tim, I said, how many people are here right now from from Knight Ritter, uh, you know, at this exact moment? Because we tracked everybody. When they came in, I wanted to say hello to them. And when they left, I wanted to thank them before they left. But at that moment, 67 people at one time was in town from Knight Ritter. I mean, you know, they were helping us set up, find, you know, trailers and temporary housing. And for 67 employees that lost everything, some family members, it was, uh, man, what an amazing time. I mean, it was it was both sad and inspiring at the same time, wasn't it? It was. I remember getting to my house, and <clears throat> luckily I had a house. I had about 14 trees on it, but... <laughs> You know, it looks sort of like Robinson, Robinson Crusoe's house, but uh, I remember standing there going, how will we ever come back? And I knew with it being the Mississippi Gulf Coast that we would come back. And the Knight Ritter guys were great. I know uh, David Purdy and, and I still keep in touch with Mike Cardew, who was a photographer who came down. And through the blessing of social media, we still keep up on with each other or we see what each other's families are doing and all that. And that was a friendship that grew out of Katrina. You know, your, your books, uh, you have four books. You got more coming. Yeah. Uh, let me just read the name of the books. Vicksburg Centennials of Stone, Gettysburg Centennials of Stone and Shiloh, uh, Corinth Centennials of Stone and the Mississippi Gulf Coast. You, I mean, these are these aren't just your average book. These are incredible collections of photography and words. Uh, on the other side, <clears throat> I want to talk to you a little bit about how you got into this part of, of your world and how you got so darn good at it. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with award-winning photographer, formerly with the Sun-Herald, a former uh, a colleague of mine at the Sun-Herald, Tim Isbell. We'll, we'll see you after this. live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. 
His passion and love for coastal Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I have my friend Tim Isbell, a former colleague of mine at the Sun-Herald. And when I say award-winning photographer, 135 awards along the way, including five pictures of the year. There's a top journalism award we gave each year to the best journalist at the Sun-Herald. It's called the E.P. Wilkes Award. He won that. He was part of the Pulitzer Prize winning team. Uh, The Sun-Herald was awarded the gold medal for community service after Hurricane Katrina. Man, did the did the newspaper deserve it and the and the many people who were engaged in that effort. But anyway, Tim, it's been it's a pleasure to have you on. So your books, man, <clears throat> how did you decide you wanted to do that? And when did you decide it was gonna be such a heavy lift? Because these are these are coffee table books. It was I was at that time I was photo editor at the Sun Herald and sort of with that position you did I did not get to take pictures as much. So I needed a creative outlet, and uh, any free time that I had, I would start researching doing books. Judy and I were, and Patrick were at Gettysburg, and I kept saying, well, while this was happening in Gettysburg, this was happening in Vicksburg, because they were happening at the same time. And Judy basically said, you know so much about this, you ought to do a book, and we sort of looked at each other and went, yeah, I ought to. (laughs) So it became one book, and it was Vicksburg and Gettysburg, and we sent it to University Press in Mississippi, and they didn't want to do one book. They wanted to split it out into two books, and I was at a book signing at Gettysburg, and I was telling the guy next to me how they split it into two books, and he goes, do you know how uh, how basically how hardly that ever happens where someone will get trying to get one book and you end up getting two and he said that's unheard of and i said yeah i was spoiled at that point at that point i wanted them to always just go yeah let's do a book (laughs) (laughs) well it evolved on and you've got a number of really important books that are that are going to come out and what we'll do the next time we visit will be the when you launch your next book we'll bring you back and talk about the process that you go through to do these books and uh, you mentioned Judy, your extraordinarily smart wife, and your son Patrick uh, were, were there together. But uh, she's made a good teammate for you, hasn't she? She has. I, 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 she was an editor at a college newspaper before we ever started dating and and getting engaged and being husband and wife. So we always knew we could work with each other as journalists. And I have a lot of journalism friend who friends who they're better half is also a journalist and i think we just spent so much time in the newsroom or on assignment that it was just easy enough just to to marry your friend yeah yeah that's that's awesome and i know i know it's worked out well for you hey why don't we do this uh kyle's got some photos and for the radio audience we'll describe to you what we're taking a look at what's more important actually when we show the story and descri- uh, the photo and describe it to you it's really the story behind the photo so uh, kyle if you don't mind will you flash up the first one and uh, and just describe what we're looking at, uh, Tim. Uh, this is an LSU-Georgia football game, and when I played football, I was a wide receiver, and I loved to get the catch. So when I became a photographer, I always said I was matching my talents against the talents of the guys on the field. And 
to me, I didn't have a good football game unless I had a catch pitcher. And you wanted to show faces, and you wanted that ball to be about two inches from their hands. And that just – that pitcher right there, everything fell into place. That's a great great example. <clears throat> Over the years, I wonder how many football games you shot. Oh, gosh. Many. <laughs> Basically, I had 40 consecutive years covering Southern Miss. Yeah, 40. And by the way, uh, he went to Southern Miss. He went to the School of Journalism at Southern Miss. And I remember when I would go up there to speak to the classes or be involved in the journalism program one way or the other, Tim's name always got mentioned. He was always someone who was giving back to the university in different ways. Okay, so here's another photo. This is sort of The Natural was one of my favorite movies. And when uh, Robert Redford's character hit the home run, he ran, the ball hit the lights, and he ran through a shower of sparks. And Bill Ostendorf, a guy I met up in, uh, at a photo convention at West Point, a military academy, always said, see where your competition is and go someplace else. But well, this game, most of my fellow photographers were standing at the 50, shooting the players running toward them. I chose to stand on the end zone and shoot them running through the uh, fireworks because I knew it would be in front of them and behind them. And I shot it at a slow shutter speed to try to emulate the natural and have have the fireworks blurred as the player ran through it. What a, what a cool what a cool photo! What a really cool photo! Again. Tim has, this is why he's so award-winning, has such an interesting eye for photography. What's the next one, Tim, uh, Kyle? Recently shot, I shot this one two years ago. That I, uh, Slim Smith worked with me. Uh, the Columbus paper wanted uh, us to team up, and he wrote the story, and I shot the pictures for the Vietnamese. Um, I think it was the Festival of the Moon a few years back, and I was leaving and as I'm known to do, I, I was still scanning for pictures, and I saw these two kids holding an American flag, and I whipped the camera up real shot, quick and got the shot. Well, and the Vietnamese culture is something, in fact, this next photo is from the series that you were involved in. But, boy, that was a significant effort that, that the world got to see, isn't it? It was, and believe it or not, this is the 30th anniversary of the Vietnamese. <laughs> Wow. I did it back in 93, I believe. And this is, uh, yeah. that was the signature shot was that kid in the hammock. And looking back on it now, the fact that I was able to communicate with people who really didn't speak English. And for nine months, I, I was there every day, every night. And somehow we figured out a way to communicate, and it, it allowed me to get the pictures. It turned into a 52-picture series that ran in the Sun-Herald, but then the Knight Foundation, through a National Endowment of the Arts grant, gave the opportunity for the photos to, to go into museums across the nation. What a special opportunity that was. Honor. Yeah. Uh, this next picture, uh, you and me were there. That was Count Shelby on Media Day. And uh, since they weren't firing live rounds, uh, they told us that the helicopters were going to come in like, like a hot LZ. And I crawled out to this guy and I said, do you mind if I'm, I'm out here with you? And he said, no, I'll just stay low. And, uh, you know, it was you told me later on that it looked like uh, something out of an apocalypse now because I was running through smoke. And, <laughs> it did, you know, I, it's so interesting, Tim, because I remember the exact moment you took that picture. 
uh, hang tight one second, Kyle, on the other photos. But but the moment you took that picture, we, you and I actually, this media day, we got into a helicopter at the Gulfport uh, Airport, flew to uh, flew to the the base there in in uh, I guess it's in Stone County. Is that is that where Shelby is located? It's probably still Forest. Yeah. For, yeah. Okay. So, but yeah. we we flew there and we got to see demonstrations of tanks and and they they had you know war games essentially and Tim, you know they obviously weren't using live rounds as he pointed out but Tim buried himself inside you know this war game and I mean smoke was all around us and I I was blown away with what you were willing to do to get that photo. When I was a, my father was in fought in World War Two and then he was in National Guard afterwards. And I always played Army when I was a kid. So when yeah. I was out there, I was having flashbacks to the days I was playing Army. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Kyle, let's see what the next one is. Um, we're going to look at that one. And then would, that's one would, of my, what's this one? That's one of my favorite shots. I was driving home late, and I, glanced, I was on Pass Road, and I glanced over at a trailer park, and this guy's front porch to his trailer was an American flag and with the light on on his porch it illuminated everything so the next day I went knocked on his door and he told me that he was uh, he washed dishes at uh, the Blowfly Inn and he got off work at midnight and I said if it's okay with you I'll be at your trailer at midnight and he said be there and uh, that's actually me shooting from the parking lot of the trailer park through the flag and silhouetting him as he as he painted. Once he got through uh, washing dishes, he would come home and paint. Wow, that's so cool. What's what's the next one, Kyle? Okay, th <laughs> this next one is a famous shot. Yeah. That's the picture I'm known the most for. I always say my best work was the Vietnamese stuff, but everybody knows the uh, the Brett Favre draft day picture. And probably the biggest misconception about that picture is that it's posed. And that is a totally spontaneous moment. I sat for four or five hours on the floor of his bedroom because I knew once this happened, I would not be able to push my way through the crowd. So I was in the room with Brett and Deanna. And when they said he's talking to the Atlanta Falcons or whatever, everybody rushed in. Well, I was already there. So it was worth sitting those four or five hours to get that shot. It's been called the best draft day photo ever taken, and it's been on, in books. It's been on, been on TV multiple times. Hey, we could just keep on, but listen. Here's what we're going to do: the next, when you get ready to launch your next book, okay. we're going to have you back here on the show, and we're going to talk for an entire show about more stories, so many stories to tell about the process you go through, so many wonderful memories. Uh, thank you so much for your dedication to Coastal Mississippi. It's been great catching up with you, my friend. Thanks, Ricky. This has been photojournalist uh, Tim Isbell, award-winning uh, photojournalist. When we come back, we have a couple of my friends join us from Ukraine. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.